Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll leave my comments concerning the score being settled. I'll leave that for some other time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> have enjoyed this week so very, very much. Uh, all of the preaching of the Word of God, these tremendous men that have uh, bared their soul and allow the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost to touch me through the Word of God. I appreciate that so very, very much. And I want to say to this local church, thank you for the sacrifices that have been made, uh, the wonderful food and the, the wonderful accommodations and the, the gift box. Or I was going to say bag, but it's a box. It's very, very nice. And uh, I don't know about all the rest of the preachers, but my room had a jacuzzi in it. And uh, when I walked in there, I said, "Look at this!" And uh, I just had a, I just had a tremendous urge to get in that thing, and uh, and just uh, boil my troubles away. <laughs> but it's been it's been a wonderful, wonderful blessing to Sister Davis and I, and I'm glad that my beautiful wife was able to come with me this time, and uh, love and appreciate her so very, very much. My Companion in faith and praise with us and serve the Lord and I thank God for that. And so many dear friends, all of the preachers that were on this lineup, I don't know how I wound up uh, on such a lineup, all these tremendous men. And uh, here I am on the last night and uh, I'll tell you, I am a little nervous and uh, I don't mean to be, but I believe that the Lord wants to do something tonight and I just want the Holy Ghost to have his way. Praise the Lord. If I say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was so touched and moved by the messages and have, uh, I've tried to pray them into my soul. I don't believe that preaching is just uh, something that we ought to uh, be connoisseurs of to where we just kind of taste and flavor and say, well, that one's better than that one and that one. Every word of the Lord is good. All of them have a wonderful place and give us direction. And I appreciate that so very, 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 very much. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, he told me to take my liberty, and I, uh, I don't feel like preaching just yet. I feel like we're just a little, just a little, uh, little, uh, little tight here, just a bit. I don't mean that in a bad way, but uh, this is Friday night, and everyone's looking around, and you got your nice clothes on, and you might want to sweat them up a little bit. See what I'm saying? It, 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 that, that's kind of tight. Nobody wants to get all sweaty uh, and all of that business. But anyway, it's good to be here. And uh, I really want to sing a little song tonight. That's what I want to do uh, before I get to preach. And uh, I don't know, Brother Thrasher, if you know this. I don't know the key. I, I, I do prison singing when I sing. I'm always behind a few bars and never can find the right key. But we do it for the Lord. We do it for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Shake hands with somebody next to you and smile at them and tell them the Lord is good to us. Finish line. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In your Bibles, Old Testament, book of Daniel. Book of Daniel, chapter 2. And I'll also read out of Acts, chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Anybody going to help me preach tonight? 
Praise the Lord. I need all the help I can get. Chapter 2 of the book of Daniel. And verse number 1. <clears throat> I'm going to read lengthy, so uh, uh, just bear with me here. And if you're there, say, Praise the Lord. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep brake from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Let me skip down to verse 10. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no such king, lord, nor ruler that asketh such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause, the king was very angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Skip now to verse 24. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and, thus, and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah, that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, and make up known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and thy visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, and then he begins to interpret the dream. Acts chapter 2, one verse of scripture, and then we'll pray and I'll let you be seated. Acts chapter 2. It always gets just a little chilled when you read out of Daniel. Acts chapter 2. And verse number 17. And this is what I feel to preach. This is all the Lord gave me, and I'm just going to have to preach it to you tonight. And uh, I don't, I, like the other brethren have mentioned, I don't, I don't proclaim to be any conference preacher. I'm just, just an old hillbilly from Ohio. And if the Lord help us, we'll all have a good time. If the Lord don't help us, we better go ahead and eat quick. Acts chapter 2, verse number 17. Are you there? And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
And just for a few moments tonight, and however that long that is, only God knows. I want to talk to you on this little subject tonight. I want my dream back. I want my dream back. I feel the Holy Ghost on me. Would you lift your hands and let's ask God to anoint His Word to our heart. In Jesus' name, speak to us. It is your Word, O God, that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is your anointing, O God, that breaks the yoke and the chain and the fetter. In Jesus' name, we bind every foul spirit that would hinder the Word of God tonight. I pray let your anointing destroy the chains and the fetters and the yoke that the enemy would try to bind our soul with. Give the utterance of the Spirit of God is our prayer. And God, and for all of this, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Lift your hands now. Let's worship the Lord together. I worship you today, O God, and I magnify your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. You are great, God, and you're greatly to be praised. We love you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God bless you. you. may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. There is a whole lot that has been said by the preached Word of God that we are so blessed by over and over again. And somehow I would like to maybe add just a little, hopefully not take anything away. And uh, on this last night of this SCORE Conference 2008, I believe that there is destiny that hangs in this room tonight. I believe that God has a word for us to receive, and I want to receive it tonight. I thank God for the word we've already heard tonight, and I believe that and felt the fervency of the Spirit and what the Holy Ghost has already talked to us about. And even last night, as the man of God was preaching about hope, it uh, began to play a tune on on the strings of my soul and began to resonate some things in my heart. The devil has liked to and would like to destroy the faith of God's people in this last hour. I believe that in this room tonight sit men and women that are battle-worn and they are weary and they have fought the devil and they've done it successfully, although there have been some casualties on one side or the other. But we are still here tonight. I said we are still here tonight. And I don't want to just be here I want to hold on to the promise that God has given to me throughout time. I believe that if God can help us, we can walk in the avenue of faith. And we can realize that every moment that we live, every battle that we fight, every struggle that we endure, that through all of this there is something great and glorious that God is working in our midst. I believe that a lot of things that people are going through is God-ordained. Not so much that God has, uh, has made it to happen, but He has allowed it to happen. He is purifying His church. He is shaking those things that can be shaken, so that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. If He is going to add some folks to the church, He certainly doesn't need any bad examples. And so even though it hurts and our heart aches at some of the things that have happened, and uh, my heart has been ripped apart by folks that have walked out on God, people that have been in the church for numbers of years, but my heart is still concerned tonight because I know that God is not finished doing what He wants to do in the earth. This is not a time to sit back in the relaxing chair. 
kick back our kick back our kick up our feet and look around and say, Well, we've done all we can do now. Let's just hold our own to Jesus comes. I believe that the greatest chapter of God's church is yet to be written. I believe that the greatest deals that God is going to do is yet to be seen. I believe that there are great things that we have never seen before that are going to happen before He comes and raptures His waiting bride out of here. I don't want to sit in the balcony and in the bleachers watching it happen. I want to be right in the arena of faith. And I want my hands to be His hands. I want my feet to be His feet. I want my lips and my tongue to speak His word. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise the Lord. I, I feel this on me tonight. I just got to preach this off. Praise the Lord. I believe I'm going to be preaching to some preachers tonight. And I don't feel qualified to preach to preachers, but I will be doing that. I'm going to be preaching to saints here tonight. I'm going to be preaching to old timers. I'm going to be preaching to new converts here tonight. If you got breath and you're breathing tonight, I'm preaching to you. And like I tell them in Wheelersburg, when you walk through those doors, I assumed you wanted to be preached to. So that's exactly what I'm going to attempt to do. I wish I could preach the devil off somebody's shoulder tonight. I wish I could preach the depression out of somebody's soul tonight. It's good to be in the church in 2008. It's glorious to be a part of what God is doing. Hallelujah. I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing. Amen. The charismatics have had their day. The religious orders have their day. The philosophers have their day. This is a time for the real church to stand up and receive the challenge and get to be prayer warriors, intercessors, soul winners, and reaching for lost and dying humankind. Praise the Lord. Everybody said, praise the Lord. God bless you. May be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Dreams come for the moment, and dreams also come for the season. Dreams come to project us from our present into the future. Dreams come to launch us from our todays into our tomorrows. And so there have been many in this building. I'm sure that somewhere in life that God has given you a dream. Now, the Bible said in Acts chapter 2 that old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions. I'm not so sure how to define those, uh, those uh, definitively exactly how that is. Uh, I don't claim to be an old man. And, uh, I, you know, I, I know I don't look that old. I looked at that picture. They were up here shining. And my wife said, when are you going to send them a newer picture? Well, that was ten years ago, and there's been a lot of miles put on this horse in the last ten years. Praise the Lord. But I still, you know, and, and just hit 50 mark here just a few months ago, and somebody asked me how I felt. And I said, you know what? There's some days I feel like a teenager, and there's other days I feel like an 80-year-old man. And the bad part about it is I don't know when that's going to happen from one day to the next. Amen. But old men dream dreams. And, and the Bible said young men would see visions. I think those are synonymous terms. In that somewhere that God can use men to see what He wants them to see. And that God can reveal to the heart of a man or to a woman to do the work of God and to find out what their position is in the house of God and what their purpose is in the kingdom in such a time as this. 
I don't believe that every one of us are here today without a purpose. I don't believe that there are such things as pew warmers and just solid old numbers that just sit there like statues that have to be dusted off every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night Bible study. I believe that every soul that is God filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost should be tailor-made devil chasers, should be able to touch God in a prayer meeting should be able to worship God and to feel after the Holy Ghost and to become a vessel that God could use in this last hour that we live in. Praise God. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. And I don't know what kind of song this was, but uh, I don't know if it was a religious song, but I read this, this, this little song the other day, the lyrics. And, uh, and this came, and it just came back to me today. And uh, so I, I tried to type it out. And this is how it said, Last night I dreamed a dream, a wild utopian dream. This morning I awoke to clouds of dirty smoke. The sparrows coughed their morning song. The slums were back. The queues were long. The dust lies deep. The trees all weep. Oh, send me back to sleep and give me back my dream. Now, the world feels that way about it. Now, you go around and you wonder why folks have got uh, multicolored hair and uh, body piercings everywhere that you can see and you can't see. And I mentioned at the table today, I was talking about that old, old timer that looked at his grandson that had all these piercings in his face. And he said, son, uh, I've got a question I want to ask you. Would you be honest with me? And he said, sure, Gramps, what is it? He said, I want to know, did it hurt when that tackle box blew up in your face? And I told him about another man, a young man, and he came and he got a, 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 one of those studs in his tongue. And they asked him, they said, what did you do that for? And he said, because I want to express myself. <laughs> He's not going to ever be able to express himself anymore. <laughs> I guess the deal is the world is so confused. The bigger that tattoo, the more body piercings they have, the more ridiculous they look. They feel like at least they're doing something that nobody else has ever done. That tells me and that gives me an indication. There's a world that's tired of sin. They're tired of iniquity. They're tired of drugs. They're tired of alcohol. They're tired of dying. They want to live a while. Hallelujah. That's why when they walk in an apostolic church, it shouldn't be a dead church. It shouldn't be folks sitting on their hands, looking like mannequins in a storefront window. We're lively stones. This is a place where the Spirit of God needs to move, where the sinner can get the Holy Ghost, where conviction can shake the scales off people's eyes, and where God can have His way. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. That's what got you in the church. It wasn't a polar bear in the pulpit and icicles on the pews. No, sir. It was red hot. It was Jesus' name all the way. Holy Ghost pumping in the church. And you saw this sister shaking a little bit. And this man dancing in the spirit. Aisle running. Holy rolling. Hey, we're still holy rollers. And don't you ever forget it. I come against that spirit of pride. I'm sorry, but I'm going to preach a while tonight. Hallelujah. We look too dignified even when we leave church. I wonder what would happen if half of us got drunk in the Holy Ghost. I wonder what would happen if the Holy Ghost would stir us up and we spilled out of this church on fire for God. So full of the Holy Ghost that we began to preach the gospel to every creature. 
We need a revival from the pulpit to the back door. Hallelujah. Now, some of you are on your feet, but you're not with me right now. And I'm going to bust that spirit in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost wants to kiss this auditorium tonight. We should not go home the same way we came. It's time to have a revival. It's time to have a move of God. It's time to let the Spirit of God shake us from our lethargy and our carnality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, sir, I don't have to go back to sleep to get my dream. I need God to touch me and to give me my dream back. Devil, you've lied to me all these years. Devil, you've been lying to my soul. But I'm going to get my dream back. I'm going to get my promise back. I'm going to get my anointing back. Oh, worship the Lord with me right now. Let's worship Him. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you like I tell church. Not hallelujah, not hallelujah from here. Hallelujah from right here. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, dear God, let us go back to the real apostolic era. Hallelujah. I don't want to go home the same way I came. I want to be challenged. I want to get my dream back. I want my faith to come back alive again. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, there's a spirit of depression that's tried to get a hold of the church. And that black hat's been trying to be put on a lot of folks. So we come to church and say, well, oh God, I don't know. You may be seated. You can sit down and stand up, whatever you feel like doing. It doesn't matter to me. But it, it makes me feel better when you're standing up and preaching me on. But if you sit there, I'm going to preach anyhow. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't mean to be a smart aleck tonight. I'm really not. But I've got to preach the Holy Ghost tonight. The Holy Ghost is on me. And I'm going to preach the Word of God to this church in this conference tonight. And I'm not just preaching a score. But I'm going to give a word of the Holy Ghost for this local church. God wants to give this local church its dream back again. It ain't over till it's over. Praise God. I'm not careful. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Be seated here just a moment. Oh, in a book, and I've never read the book, but I heard it on Focus on the Family. They have the neatest little things. You know, they, that if you don't have time to read it, you can always put the CD in the tape or on the CD deck. CD in the tape deck. Anyway, you put it in there and they play the story. And there's a story called La Miserable. I think I got that right. Amen. I don't, I don't know French, but I do know hillbilly. I know that. I know English. I know how to talk in tongues. That's about it right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I think they pronounce it La Miserable or La Miserable, something like that. And in the story, there was a lady there that, uh, that gave this saying as she was passing away. And I heard the story. And, and you know, I might be just a little sentimental, but I, when I got some of these parts and listened to that driving down the road, tears were coming down my cheeks, and it wasn't the Holy Ghost. My emotions were just, oh, my, what a story. And maybe you'll, you'll listen to it sometime. But it said, I dreamed a dream in time gone by. This is what she said. And her name was Fantaine, I believe is how they pronounced it. 
And she was passing away and she sang a song of bitterness that she found in life about how nothing had turned out as she dreamed that it would. She said, I dreamed a dream in time gone by when hope was high and life worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiving. Then I was young and unafraid, and the dreams were made and used and wasted. There was no ransom to be paid, no song unsung, no wine untasted. But the tigers come at night with their voices soft as thunder, as they tear your hope apart, as they turn your dream to shame. I had a dream my life would be so different than this hell I'm living, so different from what it seemed, so life has killed the dream I dreamed. And so that's what's happened to the world with their tattoos and all their body piercings. Out there getting drunk every Friday night. Getting spaced out with drugs and prescription drugs and all kinds of of immorality that's floating around in this fair city while we sit on padded pews feeling the presence of God. And that's why that happy hour is always the saddest part of the day. They all come crying and their dream is dead. dead. They thought that life was going to treat them better. They thought that their marriage was going to turn out better. They thought their children was going to turn out better. And now they're sitting on a bar stool. They're shooting up. They're snorting a lot lot of cocaine trying to, to cope with life because their dream has died. And when a man's dream dies, he may be a live, but he's dead while he yet lives. He has sunken eyes, a frown on his face. It seems like he walks around in some drunken stupor always looking for another fix just to make it one more day. And I can just tell you the same. That's the way it is in the house of God. When a saint loses their dream, when their sight, their sights get faded and their faith dies, as we heard about last night, they still come to church but they don't have the dance in their feet anymore. The clapping in their hands has to be agitated. Somebody has to ask them to praise God all the time. They don't come early for prayer. Their prayers are dry. Their eyes are dry. Their soul is dried up. They've lost their dream. But God wants us to get our dream back tonight. If you know there's something else going to happen and that it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen because the Holy Ghost told you that it was going to happen, then it has a way that even though you've been through the darkest hell and you've been through the darkest night, you know that everything's going to be all right. If I can just get to the house of God, if I can just feel the anointing one more time, if the man of God will just pray for me one more time, I know everything's going to turn out all right. I want my dream back. I want my dream back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm still laying a foundation. Oh, Lord God. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. There was a story about a bishop back in the 1870s. And it was very intriguing. The bishop had charge of a small denominational college. Annually, he visited the school and stayed in the home of the president. The bishop was a narrow thinker with a dim view of the future. He told the school president during one of those visits that everything that could be invented had already been invented. The administrator disagreed. In 50 years, he contested, people will learn to fly like birds. That kind of talk is greatly it just greatly disturbed the bishop. Flight is reserved for birds and angels, he said, and you, sir, are guilty of blasphemy. The name of the bishop was Milton Wright. 
The name may not have a great deal of meaning to you, but something else will. You see, in the back at home, this clergyman had two enthusiastic sons, Orville and Wilbur, who believed that our greatest songs were still unsung. And the rest of the story is one of an enthusiastic belief in tomorrow. You can stick your head in the mud and say that the days of God's visitation is over. And you can be satisfied with dead church. And you can be satisfied with ritual and routine, but I believe that God's put it in the hearts of some of these God-called preachers. There's still a revival to be had. There's still another miracle to be performed. There's still another sermon to be preached. There's still another drug addict to be saved. I'm sorry, agnostic. I'm sorry, Doubting Thomas, but I still got my dream. Worship the Lord with me right now. Hallelujah. Oh, help us, Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Oh, God, the poor man is not he that without a sense, but it's he that is without a dream. George Bernard Shaw made a statement that was attributed to other politicians later on, but he said, you see things and you ask why. But he said, I dream of things that never were and say, why not? You know what? The old timers, and let me just jump off in the middle of this and just swim the river if you don't mind. There's, the old timers, they looked at when they went into a city, they didn't just believe that only a handful were going to be saved. They stretched them out of brush arbor. And they didn't mind preaching to the church of Christ and telling them that God was still a miracle working God. And that God would fill them with the Holy Ghost if they'd repent and get baptized in Jesus' name. But there's a lot of preachers that lost their dream. They're standing in line for somebody else's church. They're waiting for some big break. When really, if you get your dream back, you can preach under a tree. You can preach on a street corner. My God, have mercy. Hallelujah. Don't look for the breaks. Be a break. Don't look for revival. Be a walking revival. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know some of you are tired, but somebody stay with me now. We're going to have some church around here tonight. My God, have mercy. I want to run the devil of doubt out of my own soul. I preach to me too tonight. I'm sick and tired of the devil lying to me, telling me that I've already done all I can do in Wheelersburg. I'm sick and tired of the devil telling me that nobody else in town wants it. I believe there's a revival yet to be born. There's a church bigger on the outside of the walls that God's going to bring in that I have not seen yet. I want my dream back, Brother Dudley. I want my dream back. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God.
Dreaming is not just the art of overeating. I wrote this down. Please give me a moment to read my notes here. Dreaming is not just the art of overeating the wrong kind of food. But real spiritual dreaming is the masterful art. So that you're putting your mind into the spiritual channel. So that God's thoughts actually filter into your mentality. And His ideas become pictures in your thought patterns. And you get a vision of something that is only whispered heartbeat of deity. It becomes a part of your own thoughts. Until you actually are seeing what God feels. He said, your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. We have thought about all kinds of things. Our minds are thinking about the new Lexus we might want to buy. Or the convertible that we can drive down the highway. Blowing our hair if we got any. Hallelujah. And... Uh, thinking about that new job or whatever else. But God's looking for a church that their mind is not on vehicles. Their mind's not on expensive suits and clothes. But they got one agenda. i got to have a move of God. I want to see God. I want to see the blind eye open. I want to see the deaf ear unstopped. I want to see the demoniac saved and set free. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody that resonates with what I'm saying right now? I'm tired of dead church. I'm tired of not seeing them get baptized in Jesus' name. It's time for revival. Give him a dream back. I want a dream that every time I walk in the doors, that this is going to be the night that God's going to do something special for the church. Hallelujah. I've got to clarify something. Be seated. I'm not just talking about the power of positive thinking. Some folks say, well, you just got to think positive. You know, you got to think. I mean, it's more than the power of positive thinking. You've got to fast and shut that plate away. And you've got to get on your knees and cry until your eyes get puffy and your gut gets sore and your lips get thick. And all of those that's been in the depths of intercessory prayer even know what I'm talking about when I say that. It's almost like you birthed a baby. But when you walk out of a place like that, there's something in your soul. Hallelujah. You may be tired in body, but you can see further on a dark night than any man can see with a, with a telescope on a bright day. Because God has took His finger and wrote some things in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told our church, I said, there's nothing more exhilarating than walking down the streets of my city and feeling the devils running from me. That doesn't mean I'm anything special, but there's one thing about it. I know that what God wants to do, and the devil's a liar. I'm not taking a back seat to that lying, yellow-eyed devil. Some of you need to tell the devil he's a liar. He's a liar. Praise God. We're going to get, we're going to get further here. Oh, God. I know where I'm going to land. I just got a long way to go. Praise the Lord. We're just now, we're just now leveling out. Now we're going to soar a little while. And then the Holy Ghost is going to move in here. And He's got to move. We need, I'm going to tell you what's going on. We need a move of God tonight. Now we've had a move of God ever service. But oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if the Holy Ghost kissed us tonight. And we walked out of this church drunk with passion. Drunk with a dream. And I go back home to make my pastor a better saint. And I'd go back to Wheelersburg being a better preacher to my church. Shake me, God. Give him a dream back. Give him a dream back. 
Hallelujah. Our story goes in a text in Daniel chapter 2. Here's a man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. I've got to read that. I've got to say something about the text or else you'll wonder why in the world even read that much scripture. But Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And in the middle of the night, something happened. And uh, I don't know if it was short-sightedness or whatever, but I believe that the hand of God was in this. And he woke up and he was troubled in his spirit, but he couldn't remember his dream. And so, as he began to uh, think about it, he, he, he did everything he could do to try to remember that dream. He said, well, I can't remember the dream. I'll just call some of my buddies here. So he called his magicians and his soothsayers and his astrologers. And you've got to understand that in those days, they're not talking about the same kind of folks that we're talking about today. But these were folks that did tap into spiritual things, but not into things that were God-given. Now, the devil knows a whole lot of things, but he don't know anything about God's secret. The Bible said the secret things belong to those that fear the Lord. Hallelujah. I could preach on that a while, but I'm not going to. Praise the Lord. And so they start looking around, and, and they all come. And say, all right, all right, King, tell us your dream. And, and he said, no, 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 I'm not telling you my dream. I don't have the dream. I want you to tell me what the dream is, and I want you to give me an interpretation of the dream. And they say, oh, King, ain't no man ever ask anything like that. Well, that's ridiculous. Oh, you know what? He said, we, well, I don't know how to, I, I've got to have this. He said, if you can't do it, I'll kill you. So don't just, 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 just chill out. Tell us what the dream was. I'm sorry, I don't remember what the dream was. And he said, I'll kill every last one of you. He was troubled. He realized there was destiny hanging. Praise. Can I tell you tonight that the only one that can help you with a forgotten dream is one who knows how to dream. I'm tired of hanging around sightless, low-living birds that don't know how to pray, that don't know a move of God from a height conference. You want me to preach tonight? But I want, to, I want to rub shoulders with men that know how to dream. I want to rub shoulders with men that know how to touch God. Because if I can find me a dreamer, they'll dream the same dream I'm dreaming. That's why I like score conferences. Because I can find people that learn how to pray, and they love to worship, and they love the presence of God. And so that if something is missing and I've lost grip of something, they come back and say, Hey, brother, hey, brother, I want to remind you of something. And they dream the dream, and they tell us the dream, and we go back home with victory in our soul. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Oh, Jesus, help me. So, finally the day came. The news finally was passed out. Daniel was one of the wise men, but they had not called him to that meeting that day. And so him and, the, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego began to fast and pray. Seek the Lord. God gave him the dream. And he goes back to Arioch. Or uh, to Ariel, Arioch, without reading the Scripture. And he goes back and he says, I've, I've had the dream. You tell Nebuchadnezzar that uh, I've got a word for him. And so he's issued into the presence of the king. And the king looks at him and says, all right, can you tell me the dream? He said, oh, king, it's not within me or any man, but the God that I serve, who knows the hearts of all men, is revealing something to you that's going to happen that's not only happening right now, but it's going to happen long after you're gone. Because dreams are eternal things. Dreams are bigger than the dreamers. Y'all ain't hearing me. I said dreams are bigger than the dreamers. 
God's not going to give you aspirations to make you look good. He's got a purpose. And He wants you to play a small part of a big purpose. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so Daniel the dreamer looks at the man who had a dream. He was a heathen. Didn't even know much about God. But after he got through, he said, this is what it's going to be. And of course, he gives the image and, and we're not going to give a prophecy lesson. That's not important tonight. Uh, your pastor will do that. And uh, like Brother McMullen said, whatever you believe about prophecy, you're probably right. Amen. And so we'll leave that as it is. But he gets all rejoicing about a man that was able to, to pick up his dream and give him the interpretation of the dream. We all know that it was basically a revelation of Gentile powers. Him being the head and then down to the, the chest of silver and then and then, then you know down from, from the meat of Persians and then and then down to the Greeks and down to the Romans and down to the times of the Gentiles until that rock that's hewn out of the mountain comes down and destroys all the Gentile kingdoms. You see, it didn't happen in his day. It began in his day. Can I tell you that God gives a dream? It transcends time. Dreams go beyond time. And dreams talk about things in eternal concepts. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why if you have a dream and it didn't come to pass in the first few months, you think, well, I must have just had a bad meal. I had too much pizza last night. Ate too many beans or something. Something's wrong here. Must not be of God. It may not mean that at all. It just means that your timing and God's timing are not on the same chart. You have days and hours. God has eternity. And He calls those things that shall be as though they were. Hallelujah. So God sees the church already raptured even before the church is ever born. He spans eternity. Are you with me now? Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when God gives the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, because he's going to play such a vital part, then, uh, but not only that, his dream was not just for Nebuchadnezzar himself, but it was for all of us who sit here, and was going to be for those hundreds of years who would grab a copy of the sacred scripture and read it and understand that before the Gentile nations ever got to Rome, God was still in control. Hallelujah. And whenever we think that God's out of control, you've got to always remember He's got the last word. He just carves Him out of rock, out of the mountain, and He destroys all the powers of the earth. That makes me happy. I want to stay in His kingdom. I want to stay in God's kingdom. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, dreams give direction. Dreams provide insight. Dreams reveal destiny. And so you'll find out that the prophets saw it. They saw it in visions and dreams. They saw all kinds of things. And yet, it transcended time. Like the prophet Isaiah, who stood up in the courts. And he said, for unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. How do you know this, Isaiah? I saw it in the Spirit. I got me a vision. I got me a word from the Lord. But Isaiah went to his grave and his body was rotten and being ate by the skin worms before the Messiah ever come. And that's the way a lot of dreams are. A lot of prophecies are that way. Just because they have not come to pass does not mean that God has lied to you. It does not mean that God has forgotten. I come against that spirit in Jesus' name. 
He said, a man of God prophesied to me. The man of God has been telling us all kinds of things all these many years. It hasn't come to pass. Evidently, he's a false prophet. You don't know the first thing about how God runs his church. God, like tabernacle, God has not forgotten one promise he gave you. God has not forgotten one promise He gave you prophetically. Not one syllable of it. Let's worship the Lord right now. Oh, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say praise the Lord. Adversity comes to those who dream. Because the devil, in his greatest intent, is to try to rob you of the faith to hold on to the dream that God gave you. If he can get you in the mully grubs, sucking your thumb, feeling sorry for yourself. Making you feel like that the best chapters had always back yonder somewhere. And the good old days was the brush arbor days. Brother and sister, I'm glad I'm not in the brush arbor days. I've had the Holy Ghost for over 40 years. And I was raised in a good revival church. And, uh, and I've got some, some cassette tapes that go way back yonder. And I'm going to tell you what, I've listened to some of them, and the response to preaching is not nearly then as it is now. Some of the services they had then are not nearly as powerful as they are now. My point is this. God's church is just as powerful or even more so than it has ever been. For when sin did abound, grace did much more abound. The darker it gets outside, the more powerful God's church is going to become. But you know why we look back there and we always view ourselves, well, that was the good old days, is because it gives us an excuse to be lazy. It gives an excuse to lay down on the job because we point to some other hero. Dead preachers are always heroes because they're not pointing fingers in people's faces. They don't get in people's lives. But the man of God that God put in your life is your hero. And don't you ever forget it. He's pulling you out of the red hot mouth of hell. And you never should ever forget it nor take it for granted. Thank God for the pastors. Thank God for the men of God. That have point their finger right in David's face and say, Thou art the man. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And so I've seen some of the older timers. And please don't think I'm trying, uh, trying, trying to display or trying to betray them as some kind of a uh, dissident or whatever else. I'm not trying to do that at all. But I've heard old timers say, boy, I remember we had them brush arbor days. But I'm glad we don't have them brush arbor days. I don't like mosquitoes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, when we go to Africa, they didn't have mosquitoes because the elevation is kind of high. And I'm glad we have to pop that larium so if we got bit by a mosquito, we didn't have to worry about malaria and, and all that stuff, you know. And I guess we'll never go there. We'll have to pop that larium. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And I've been in places where I'm going to tell you what, the mosquitoes were huge. I don't like mosquitoes. I've been in South Louisiana before. They're not real. They're not really terrible down there. You've been down there, Brother Dudley. They're, they're really not that. They're not really not that vile and all that. They they they, they met me at the car and helped me carry my luggage in. Really nice. I just don't like mosquitoes. And in them old brush arbor days, and you know, and, oh dear God, have mercy. And it'd be hot. 
and they'd be sweaty, and they didn't have deodorant. And they didn't have padded pews. And brother, when the brother got up to dance and shout, you better get up when he got up, or you'd be wishing you had a got up. I'm glad we're not in the brush arbor days. Let me tell you that in 2008, we have the potential of the same powerful anointing that has ever been. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you the church is going down and that we're not what we've ever been. We're just everything God wants us to be. we got to line ourselves up in consecration and in purpose to be what God wants us to be. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap. You know that's right. Hallelujah. May be seated. Dreamers, dreamers are, are, are folks who go through pain and misunderstood folks. Joseph was misunderstood by his dreams. Jacob was misunderstood by his dreams. Uh, others misunderstood by dreams. Those of you pastors that are here that believe in outreach and bus ministry, you are misunderstood by some folks. You know, they say, well, we got the sign out there. They know what time we have church. And they can come in here. They'll just go to hell. I don't believe that. Praise God. I don't believe that, Brother Jordan. Thank God you've got some buses you're running them. Thank God, Brother Frazier, that you're running buses and then those brethren that are up here. We believe in all of that. You know why? Because there's preachers out there waiting to be born. There's prayer warriors that are waiting to be born. Well, there he goes. Tell him about his dream and all that. Give him a dream back. Shut up, devil. You're not going to stand between me and my promise. I'm going to go find somebody that's got buses. And we're going to stand together and say, hey, brother, we're going to win the loss. We're going to bring in some kids. They might be unruly for a little while, but God's going to raise up some preachers. Glory to God. If I could light a fire under somebody that's docile and almost frozen and get you with a Bible chart under your arm and a burden in your heart and get you on your knees praying in the midnight hour, we could have a revival like we've never known before. But you say, I don't believe we're going to have one. Well, you're right. You ain't going to have one. Maybe see it. I'm going to tell you something else, too. You may have wholeness down, but you're going to have sin from one end to the other. You're going to have adulterers shouting up and down. You've got to have to sit them down all that because if they're not out there consistently reaching for the lost, they're going to be like spiritual cannibals. Are you listening to me, saint of God? Get you a Bible study chart. Learn how to knock you some doors. Invite your friends on the job and bring them to church. Let Pastor Bass baptize a hundred new folks this year. The Holy Ghost told me 100. There's 100 out there. There's 100 out there this year. I'm not just trying to get you stoked up here. I'm telling you what the Holy Ghost told me just a moment ago. Let's worship the Lord right now. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something else, Brother Worthy. It's not just in that old folks' home you've been teaching in Bible studies. But that 85-year-old woman that you got baptized in Jesus' name, that sowed a seed and there was something that was breaking in your city, God's got some other families He's going to give you because you're reaching for the lost. God never honored anybody that was lazy. I don't care if you go to the jailhouse, to the old folks' home, run a bus, but whatever you got to do, get your dream back. Get your dream back. May be seated. Let's worship the Lord right now. I'm, I'm right in the middle of this. I'm not cutting Shanda Mahaya. Jesus, thank you for what I feel. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let me look at you. Let let me tell you, look at, at Joseph here just for a moment. He comes back and he has a dream. He's 17 years of age. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's some young men in this church. There's some young men that have come to this conference from other churches. And the devil has tried to tell you that you're not going to ever do anything for God till you get 25 or 30. You may not have a pastor, but that doesn't mean you can't do something for God. You can be a soul winner. You can be a leader in worship. Hey, young man, you may only be 16 years of age, but don't let your pastor preach without you being on your feet saying, Preach it, pastor. Hey, young lady, don't let the spirit of pride keep your rear end glued to that pew. Preach it, pastor. I'm going to help you share that dream. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. The devil's a liar in Jesus' name. Everybody can do something. Praise the Lord. May be seated in Jesus' name. He comes to his brethren. His brethren are defiled. His brother are vile. And he said, let me tell you about this dream I had. I had this dream. And uh, he told them all, they said, ah, you just a dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. He's all the time got his head up in the clouds. Got on a special little coat and, uh, and, and got the favor of his father. Look at this little dreamer. And, 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 and after a while, they got so angry with that, they stole his coat away from him. They stole his coat, but they couldn't get his dream. They threw him in a pit, but they couldn't get him in despair. <laughs> well, glory to God. And so down in that pit, he's crying, Hey, brothers, I love you, brothers. What's wrong with my dreams? Shut up, boy! And then they sold him for a slave. He winds up going to Potiphar's house. And you see this trail as he goes from one adversity to the other. And as he goes through there, and he's working now, he's probably sold, he's, and as he's on that train going, on that wagon train, going over to Potiphar's house, he's in the God, I don't remember seeing this in that dream. I don't remember seeing this in that dream. And then Potiphar gets, gets to Potiphar's house and God blesses him and then, then he got this wild woman after him. Because brother, anybody that's a dreamer, the devil wants to kill that dream and he'll try anything. He'll try bitterness. He'll try immorality. And he'll try discouragement. He gets thrown into jail for something he hasn't done. Accusations that were not true. And here is Joseph. He's in there two years. And now he's working his way up the system. He's still in jail. You've got to remember that. 
And then he sees two guys that has long faces. Now, this always gets me, Brother Bass. And he comes walking by him. Hey, boys. Why are you so sad today? We're in jail, man. Oh, that's right. We're in jail. Because there's something about a... Oh, God. There's something about a dreamer that he still has joy even when he's in jail. I didn't see this in jail. I didn't see this jail experience in my dreams. But I still got that dream. And they said, he said, what's wrong with it? Both of them had a dream. Here we go again. It takes a dreamer to understand another dreamer. He interpreted their dreams. He was forgotten again. And let me, and, and then finally, you know the story. I'm, I'm not going to go through this little Sunday school story to keep you weary and try to wear you out, wear out the saints of the Most High God like the Antichrist will. I don't want to try to do that. But I do want to tell you this, that he did get promoted. His dreams did come to pass. But it was years. And when he stood out there and he saw his brothers coming, and here they go bowing. Oh, he started weeping. He started crying. My dream is coming to pass. It really wasn't about me. It was really about the posterity. It was really about the promise that he made Grandpa Abraham. And to my grandfather Isaac. And to my daddy Jacob. God said he was not going to let us be destroyed. God sent me here to preserve a way. I'm telling you there's something about a dreamer that understands the concept of it. It's not about you, Joseph. It's about the will of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now let me just hit this real, real, real quickly because I think I'm going to strike a chord with some of you. Amen. And so I come to the score conference. I'm going to tell you, I have appreciated the wonderful Word of God. Brother Frazier, you blessed me last night. Brother Hyler, you blessed me last night. Uh, Brother uh, Jordan, you blessed me. Brother Dudley, you blessed me. I thank God for that. I'm not just saying that. These were some tremendous messages. But the devil has tried to cloud my mind. In the last 12 months, the devil has tried to tell me that it was through. I might as well go ahead and resign. I've done all I could do in my part of the world. I fought pure hell. Thought there was a time or two I was going to lose my mind. Now you judges back there, you go ahead and write that down, okay? Get the tape, the CD, write it down. Quote me and misquote me if you will. But I'm going to preach the Word of God tonight of inheritance of a devil in hell. I know what it means to lie on the floor and shake and make the statement, God, I don't know if I can take anymore. And I know what it's like when I, uh, when I hear the voice of heaven speak and give me just a few words and dry my tears and stand me up on my feet. And I thank God that I'm the most blessed man in the world. But I didn't see this in the dream. Some of you brethren have lost some key people and you've gone through some financial difficulty. Some of you have gone through some painful experiences financially with your family, with friends, bad press in the city. I don't know how much more I could go right down through there in unscrupulous brethren in churches, robbing, lying, telling stories that are not true. All kinds of dilemmas. 
And the devil robs the dream. We walk into a church that last year it was packed. Now there are a few empty pews. Platform used to have lots of musicians. Now you only have two. Choir loft used to be full. Now you got a handful. And the devil tells you, huh? You know, these are the last days. These are the last days. You know, it's just about over. You just hold on till Jesus comes. And if you got that mentality, Elder Lammas already addressed that right here. You probably won't be here next time, this time next year. But you gotta look beyond the empty pew. And you gotta get your dream back. Preaching to some moms and dads. You got a dream that your children are going to be in this church. You prayed and God gave you a vision and you saw them talking in tongues. You saw them. They're not in the church now. They're still on drugs. They're still out there running the roads. But God gave you a dream. Now the devil wants to make you think the church is going down. Nobody wants this truth. We're not going to have revival. Give me back my dream. Give me back my dream. I need a dreamer to help me dream my dream again. Worship the Lord with me right now. Praise God. Oh, help me, Jesus. Let's pray a minute here. Let's pray right now. Oh, Jesus. He come on the Moshamraye Amandaya Mosambahamahaya. Oh, Jesus. You may be seated. See, brethren, I tell you, meetings like this are strength to me. I have been times, and it's, it's been within the last 12 months. I have two office chairs. I, I wouldn't even sit in the desk chair behind my office. I went over and sat where I counsel people. And I sat down in that chair. And I hear the music cranked up. And I'm crying. I said, God, I can't preach tonight. I'm not worthy to preach tonight. I said, God, those sheep are hungry. And I don't feel like I have anything to give them. And it wasn't because I hadn't prayed. But the devil had stolen my dream and tried to make me feel bad about something I had nothing to do with and put discouragement on me and tried to get me to feel like that I just might as well just go ahead and write. And I almost did. I almost went to my computer and typed out a letter of resignation. And I remember telling God, now, I'm sorry. Uh, the folks at home probably don't even know this. I haven't told them this. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to preach it tonight because I feel to say this. And that dream had been squished. And I remember after about ten minutes and I heard them out there and they were just shouting and worshiping God. Oh, I thank God for saints. Good saints. Now I know he's always going to have a few dingbats, but there's a lot of good saints that love the preacher, that love the man of God, that'll fight all the hell for you. And for your, for, and for the church, and there, there, and I believe there's some in life tabernacle like that. I believe there's some men in life tabernacle that would put their life on the line if they had to. And if you don't have a dream, you wouldn't lay down your life. 
you just go somewhere else. That's what happens to church hoppers. They don't have a dream about anything. They're opportunists. You don't like that? I ought to preach some more on that. Want to find out how big their gym is? What kind of a youth activity they have? What do you have to offer me and my family? I'm sorry. All I have is a cross. All I have is an altar. And all I have is a burden to see you saved. And saints that dream the dream that their pastor dreams are the folks that hang there. You may be seated. I walked out of church, out of that office that night, and when I walked in the auditorium, I felt the undergirding of the power of God. I dried my tears. The anointing of God hit me when I got on the platform. And we had church. And the Word of God was delivered. God was pleased. But that's how it is, brethren. You don't always see the Omari pit and Potiphar's wife and the jail and the forgotten years. And then, at least, can I say something about Jacob? Jacob, a man that the Bible declared, and you can look at it, he had a drive. He said, the, the, the prophet said, Jacob, have I loved? He saw, have I hated? And of course, this is written after that. God already knew the nature of these men anyhow, because God transcends time. Are you with me now? Everybody say, praise the Lord. God knew all of this. But Jacob had something in him. He was a go-getter. And uh, he wanted the birthright. And he wouldn't stop till he got the blessing. And then when he's coming back, he gets across the brook and wrestles with the angel or with the form of an angel all night long until his hip, his sinew is shrunk. His hip's out of joint. He's a changed man. His name is changed. And it seemed like from that, before that, he just climbed and climbed and climbed. But from that point on, he got lower, lower, lower. Until his boys did some shenanigans. His daughter was raped. His beloved wife, uh, Rachel, died. And then the famine hits. And then he sends his boys over. And, of course, he loses Joseph. The famine hits. They send uh, the, uh, the, the ten boys that are left other than Benjamin. They all go to, to, to Egypt. And they get to Egypt. And one of those boys, Simeon, didn't come back. And they said, Dad, if we go back, we've got to have, we gotta have Benjamin. No! He said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. He said, I've lost Joseph, and I've lost Simeon. I can't lose anymore. And he makes a statement. He said, all these things are against me. This is the prince, the man that has power with God and power with man. But he has got in such a state to where he has lost his wife. He has lost two sons. And uh, all of his posterity and his riches are now dwindling. The crops are not growing. His cattle are getting thin. The prospects of him surviving doesn't look very good. All these things are against me, he said. And then finally he said, go ahead, take Benjamin. If I be bereaved, I be bereaved. I'm going to die anyhow. And that's a poor, pitiful state. And that's what happens when you lose your dream. Everything's against me. Everything's against me. But that's not when the dream died. Because a few weeks later, perhaps maybe a few months, he heard some chariot horses. And he, and he heard some chariot wheels turning up the dust. 
coming down the lane, and he's not even going to get up. He thought, oh, God, something happened to Benjamin now. I don't what's going to happen. He comes, Daddy, look, you got to go with us. Come on, Daddy, Joseph's alive. No way. Uh-uh. No, he's dead. No, you told me he's dead. I saw the coat. I know he's dead. No, come on, Daddy. No, he's over there. And he's, and he, and he's, he's a rich man. He's second in command under Pharaoh himself. Come on, Daddy. They said, I don't know. The Bible said when he saw the wagons. Brother, I'm telling you that when you get to the last straw, God knows when to send the wagons and park them right in front of your eyes. And you know what the Bible said? When he saw the wagons, the spirit of Jacob revived. He said, pack my duds, boy. We're going to see the baby. We're going to go check on Joseph. He got his spirit back. He got his faith back. He got his dream back. Oh, worship the Lord with me now. Lift your voice. Come on, let's praise Him. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm, I'm going to try to land this in just a couple of minutes, all right? I want to give you just a little bit of hope. He said, well, is that all that happened to, to, uh, to old Jacob? No, 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 no. It's picked back up by the pen of the writer of Hebrews. When the Bible talks about old Jacob, when he was just an old man, he was, oh God, he was leaning on his staff. What was he doing when he was leaning on his staff? He was prophesying. Joseph, bring me those boys. I want to lay hands on them. I want them to feel what I felt whenever the angel of God touched me. Gather those boys around the bed. I'm not going to just sit here and die like an old man. I'm going to give you a prophecy about what's going to happen to every last one of you. He, his light almost went out, but he got his anointing back. He got He got his revival back. He got his power back. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you've gone through some tough times at home. And the devil's been bearing his old coyote teeth. Telling you that you can't do it. Telling you that the mess of the church is in that you can't pull it out. I've come to tell you the devil's a liar. Hallelujah. I believe that the angels of heaven have parked some wagons on the outside of the doors of Light Tabernacle in Ocala, Florida. And he wants you to know, don't go home without something. Grab your little, grab your little faith. Grab your little anointing. Grab your little power. Get your dream back. I'm going back home with some dreams. Huh? I may not be as strong as I was a few years ago, but I can still prophesy leaning on a staff. I may be a little bit over, but I still I still have victory. I still have the dream. I've got a whole lot more to preach. Everybody stand right now if you would. I don't know if I'm through yet or not. Praise God. Reach over and pray for somebody next to you. If it's appropriate to do that. You do that. Praise God. 
pastor's wife, don't lose your dream. Get that dream back. Hey, that boy's coming back in. Hey, that girl's going to come back in. You keep praying. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. Hallelujah. It seems as I've heard the angel put forth. The chariots have come. God wants you to get you something off the wagon. Get your dream back. We're going back home to have revival. We're going back home to have a move of the Spirit of God. We're going back home to pray our children through. We're going back home to have a revival in our youth group. We're going back home to see a move of God. Lift your voice to the Lord. Praise God. Even be good for some of you onlookers looking around to lift your hands and worship the Lord a little with us. Oh, God wants everybody to get a little handful of this. Get your heart full of it. Oh, Hallelujah. Now I've got to obey God. I've got to obey God and do what God told me to do. Elder, I'm nothing. But the Lord told me to pray for you. And the Lord wanted me to tell you this. He told me when I was praying for you today. He said, don't worry about that disease. Everything's going to be alright. Because your dream hadn't come to pass yet. And you won't go until your dream has come to pass. In the name of Jesus. The devil wants our preachers to be discouraged. He wants to put sickness on you, but the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Come on, I want my dream back. Come on, preacher, get your dream back. God, give you a dream of having a packed out auditorium. Get your dream back. God gave you a vision, that piece of property for the church on it. Get your dream back. My God, that was for you, Brother Dudley. My comb down my It ain't over till it's over. I want the devil to know tonight I got my faith back. You can throw me in the prison, but I'm going to whistle all the way through it. I may be in the prison, but I'm not staying here. I may be going through hell, but I'm not staying here. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't care if you think I'm crazy or not tonight. It doesn't matter. Brother Worthy, come up here and dance with me just a little bit. <laughs> we 
we're going to get our dream back. Just step right on up here. Praise God. You can look on if you want to, but we're going to, we're going to shout by faith. I don't care how bad it is. I got my dream back. Devil, you're a liar. I still got some time and I still got a burden. And I've got my dream. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not having this service for Dalton Thomases, but some of us are going to go back. I'm going to go back to Wheelersburg, and I'm going to get my dream back. I'm going to get my dream back. Brother Padgett, I'm going to pack that church out. We're going to build another one. The devil is a liar. I've had a dream, and I refuse to let the devil steal my dream. Some of you preachers, find you another preacher. Come on, let's revive our dream back. My God, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.